Well, good morning, 11 a.m., Victory Hamilton Mill. How about, how's everybody doing today? Y'all good? It's good to see you guys. It's so good to see everyone. And hey, if we haven't met, uh, my name's Chris. My wife, Lisa, and I are honored to be the campus pastors here and love to meet you right after service out in the lobby. Man, it's so good to be in church today. I know it's yucky outside, but we're here in the room, come on, to worship Jesus. Amen? And we're so glad you're here. Hey, I want to say this too, as Pastor Ben just mentioned, we are on the downhill slide of the 21 days of prayer and fasting, and if you haven't jumped on the train yet, it's not too late. Come on, somebody. So we're ending on Saturday night when you go to bed, but this is our last week, and I just want to encourage you, and maybe, maybe because it's happened to me before, I slipped up on a fast. I ate that cookie, <laughs> or whatever it was. You know, can I tell you what, we don't believe in legalism around here, we believe in a relationship. If you slipped up or messed up, you can start over and start today fresh, and let's finish this fast strong, amen? It's going to be awesome. It's been so good. Oh my gosh, it's been so good. And on Wednesday night, somebody say Wednesday night. Now, we were not able to do this last Wednesday after prayer, uh, just due to some reasons, but uh, this Wednesday night after prayer, Lisa and I would love to meet with any middle school or high school parents, and maybe elementary if you want to get ahead, and we're going to talk, have a conversation more like over in the kids' room right after prayer while our young people are finishing up their youth service, we're going to talk about how to raise Christian teenagers in a post-Christian world. And so I want to invite you to join us over coffee and light snacks, and let's just have a conversation. Come on. We'll all do it together. Amen. We all need each other. Good Lord. We're teenagers. God help us. Amen. So we'll be there this Wednesday night. It's going to be great. Well, are you ready to get in the Word? Me too. We're in week three of our series called We Are Victory. Come on, say it with me. We Are Victory. Now listen, the title of that may sound a little self-serving and and self-promoting, but that is not the case at all. If you've been listening to the Word the last couple of weeks, you know that, all these biblical principles we're throwing out. Yes, we're getting everyone on the same page about who we are as a church. And yes, we're talking about what God has called us to do as a church and where we're going. But more importantly than that, more importantly that, we're laying out each week biblical principles that will help us live victorious in this life. Amen. And I want to just remind you today, because of Jesus, we are victorious. And so uh, everything that we're talking about, again, yes, it's giving you a picture of of who victory is and where we're going and what he's called us to do. But more than that, we want to encourage you and we want to equip you for your greatest year yet. And so we're going to go there together. How many people leaving in Jesus' name for your greatest year yet? Come on, somebody. It can. That's not hype. That's faith in Jesus' name. I'm believing for our greatest year yet. Two weeks ago, I spoke on, I had the honor to speak on who we are as a church, that we are a people of prayer. Somebody say prayer. prayer. There you are. All right. And then last week, my goodness, if you missed it, you need to go back and watch it. Pastor Johnson shared a message about who we, what we're called to do, what we're called to do, which is vision. God has given Victory Church a vision, and it came out of a very popular passage of scripture, Acts 1.8. I'm actually going to ask you to turn there now. Acts chapter 1. And the vision that God gave the Rouses, our founding pastors, uh, came out of Acts 1-8. And a fourfold vision that right here, by the way, if you're a first-time guest or new to the church, are on our walls. Can we say it together right here on the screen and also on our walls to my right? Building strong families, transforming communities, reconciling cultures, 
and impacting nations. That's what God has called us to do. Who he's called us to be is prayer. And today I want to talk about our values. Our values. So if you're taking notes, I want to, and I want to encourage you to do, I want to talk about how. Somebody say how. How we do what we do. And it's going to get real personal with you, and we're going to have some fun. And so we're going to dive in together. The title of my message today is Check Yourself. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. But it, for sure, it's just check yourself. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome you now to come a little closer. Help me speak. Open our hearts and our ears to receive from you. We thank you for the power of your word in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Look there together, Acts chapter 1. These are Jesus' final words. Probably not new to most people in the room. But let's get everybody on the same page. And, and this, every time you read the word, come on, I believe God can show you something new, speak to you through that. His word is alive. Amen. And it says this, Acts chapter 1, just one verse here. And we're going to, this is going to be a very practical teaching. And I'm going to keep you on your toes. So be ready to turn to different scriptures. But we're going to park right here just for a moment. He says this, again, I'm, he's about to go up to heaven to ascend to the Father, to sit next to his dad on the throne. All right. And he's saying this to his guys. But you will receive power. Somebody say power. power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, they already had the indwelling. He had already had a time with them when he said, receive my Holy Spirit. Now he's talking about the baptism, the baptism or that Greek word, the baptismo, the power of the Spirit coming upon you. And then he says, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem. Come on, read with me. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Power for what? It's important for all of us to know the why behind the what. Come on, if you're a parent in the room, any parents in the room, especially remember when you're littles, and some of you have littles now, all right, and one of their most popular things they will say to you is, why? Why? And we told ourselves as parents when we first got married, we would never say it because our parents said it, but we say it also, because I said so. But can I just tell you, as parents, we actually need to help our kids understand the why because it could save their life. Another conversation for another day, but we're talking about power. Somebody say power. power. Why did he give us the power? Was it to speak in tongues? Was it to have the gifts? All those things are a blessing, but that's not the why. The why is to be a witness for Jesus. All back here, right, literally in the burbs, all right? And all around the world, wherever your travels take you. And I, you know, at 9 a.m., I was talking about even going on vacation. You get blessed to go on a big vacation. God wants you to be a witness on vacation. Come, come on, because you're never off as a Christian. You may be off from work, and thank God for good old vacations. They, they're few and far between people, so enjoy them. But the fact of the matter is, we're a witness 24-7 for the Lord. Amen? And how are we going to do that? Because I can't do it in my own strength. You can't do it in your own strength. We need the help and the power of the Holy Spirit. You and I are witnesses for Jesus. Amen? Right here in the burbs, right here in this area, and around the world. I'm, I'm a dictionary definition guy, and uh, I, I like to drill on that because it helps me understand the meaning of words. And so 
Uh, the word witness, I know we get it, but l- let's just dive into this for a moment. The word witness means this. One who has a personal, somebody say personal. personal. Very important as a Christian. One who has a personal knowledge of something and serves as evidence or proof. All right, so we are a witness because we have a personal relationship with Jesus. We are witnesses of Jesus and witnesses for Jesus. And with the help and the power of the Holy Spirit, wherever we go, come on, Sunday through Saturday, our lives are to be a witness for Jesus to everyone around us. Listen, our, 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 being a witness is, is very important. We, we've all seen the lawyer. That's where my mind goes, right? We've all seen the lawyer movies, the TV shows. You know, I, I grew up with my dad watching Perry Mason, all right? Uh, showing my age a little bit here, all right? But my generation, we're a law and order people. Dun, dun. Dun, dun. Somebody likes the keys on that show. I'm just saying. They play it all the time. And, you know, and so the fact of the matter is a witness is very important to a case. And we're, I'm talking about TV, right? But reality, I've been in enough court cases and situations around just being in ministry for so long. Witnesses are very important. And the outcome of a major case often comes down to the witness. What they saw, what they heard, what they experienced in that moment as they're being drilled down on what did you see. So let, I mean, let me just say it like this. A witness can either make or break a case. So let me, let me put to you personal. Our witness could make or break someone coming to know Jesus Christ. Now listen, none of us, start with me, none of us are going to do it perfectly. I'm a flawed man, all right? I'm a sinful man. We all are. But by the grace of God and by the strength of God, and even through our flaws and even through our imperfections, and even, listen, when we mess up and screw up, how about we owe up, take responsibility, because people never hear the words, I'm sorry, or I repent to you. Even that will speak to people. But even though we're imperfect, even though we're flawed, we can, by the grace and the power and the help of the Holy Spirit, be a witness for Jesus. Amen? And so listen to me, church. Let me say it to you as we're drilling down this witness and we're going to come to our values. Because if you're going to be a witness for God, you've got to live the values of God. Let me say it to you like this as a witness. People are always watching you. I always feel like somebody's watching me. Ain't got no privacy. That man knew what he was singing about. And can I just tell you, there is no privacy. That's why I'm talking about when you go on vacation. We got to be the same. Our private life, by the grace of God, has got to be the same as our public life. Amen. Because people are watching us. And we're not going to do it all 100%. But by the grace of God, let's show people some Jesus. People are watching us. The people around us are witnessing something in you. They're, they're, God, let it, let it be Jesus. Amen? That's the prayer. Listen, my prayer for me and mine and my prayer for you and yours is this, that when people encounter us, they experience Jesus. That's a prayer, and that's the way we got to live. Come on, that's God goal number one, that when people encounter us, they experience Jesus. That we're so full of him 
Not full of anger, not full of all the other stuff. We're so full of Jesus, it's just pouring out of us. And people are experiencing Jesus. Amen? And let me say to you like this. Yes, you and I should talk about Jesus to the people in our sphere of influence. We should do that. But here's what we got to know as Christ followers. Your actions speak so much louder than your words. And people will be more open to what you say if your witness matches your words. God help us. God help me. So here's my question. I want to give you just a few questions here as we drill down. And I want to encourage you to take notes if you can. So, you know, how's our witness doing? Do you care about that? I've heard some people say they make it spiritual. Hey, it's just me and Jesus. So it only matters what Jesus thinks of me. That's not true. You're representing Jesus on the earth. That's what the word, look it up. That's what the word witness means. It means we are a representative of someone. Any, when my kids were little, if, when I told that babysitter the first time, and it's hard to find a good babysitter. Come on, parents. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. I told that babysitter, I mean, I drilled her. I said, listen, these are my kids. They're precious to me. If anything happens to them, they won't find your body. <laughs> I was smiling while I said it. <laughs> and I was, I'm kidding. But, but I would, what I was saying is I need you to represent me like, because we're going on a date. We'll be back in a few hours. Represent me well. Some, something happens, give me a ring, whatever else. So represent me. Guys, we've been called to be representatives on the earth. We're representing heaven. We're, we're representing Jesus. So how we live this life is very important. And with his help and with his power, we can do this. Amen? Amen. With his help and with the power of the Spirit, we can be a witness of God. And people can, listen to me, and people can experience the love of God through us. People can experience the mercy of God through us. Anybody been shown some mercy lately? All right, half of the room. Anybody been shown some mercy lately in your life? We would not be here today. I don't know. Like, listen, when you woke up this morning, mer this morning, boy, I'm going real Southern. Uh, when you woke, morning, you know, when you woke up this morning, mercy was there to greet you and he was brand new. His name is Jesus. He never runs out of it. God's poured out his grace on us. Guess what? We don't just hold it to ourselves. We give it away. So people can witness Jesus through us. That, the how Jesus lived, the how, the, the, the how of life, the how, the way that we are supposed to live, it's very important to Jesus. You know, it was, it, it said about Jesus that when he, you know, when people would walk away from him, there was, there's a mixture of all kinds of things going on. Some people would leave challenged. People would be like, I have never heard anyone talk like that in my life. Other people would feel sad because they were holding on to stuff they didn't want to let go of. Other people even would feel offended because he's just telling the truth. He said it in love, but he was telling the truth. But let me say this, not one person ever walked away from an encounter with Jesus feeling unloved. Not one. I'm parked in the Gospels right now. He won't let me get out of it in my own personal time. Not one person. I'm really studying the encounters of people. Not one person, even when he was rebuking them, they never felt unloved by Jesus. There was a certain way that Jesus did ministry. Made him different than everybody else. And some might be like, well, of course, we're talking about Jesus. But guess what? If you're a Christ follower in the room, his spirit is in us. 
He was representing his dad. Remember, he would say this all the time. I only do what the Father tells me to do, and I only say what the Father tells me to say. So we got to represent well by the grace of God. Amen? And the values of G- for Jesus, the values of his Father, or the values of the kingdom, if you allow me to say that, was how Jesus loved and led people. Because he, he would only do what the Father told him to do. So the values of his Father's kingdom, the values of his kingdom, how he loved people and led people, those were his values. Let me say it to you like this right here on the screen. If we're going to be a good witness for God, we must live out kingdom values that support our witness. I want you to think about that. Leave that up just for a moment. If we're going to be a good witness for God, we must live out the kingdom values. If we're going to live for God, we got to live out his kingdom values. And that will support our witness. You know, values are what, are, are what felt. They're felt in inside any home. Uh, if you come into our home or I go into your home, I would know really quick what you value. Uh, just by just by the culture of your home, everybody has a culture, and or especially or any business, you can tell real quick, or or any organization. Let me let me give you one example. I could give you a myriad. Uh, there is one chicken restaurant that we know is going to be at the great feast. <laughs> All right, and if they were to block because that chicken sauce that they have. I'm on a fast right now, and I am missing that sauce. I'm just saying. They don't serve on Sunday. So next Monday, that's where I'll be. So, but I, I guarantee you, if they blindfolded you, now I would know. They, they couldn't do it to me. I, I'd pull in the parking lot. I'd immediately feel the presence of God, you know. But if they blindfolded you, my wife could tell you, we should have done stock in Chick-fil-A a long, long time ago. All right. But if they blindfolded you, and you didn't know where you were going. They just kept driving around in a circle. Then they pull you in. Not only are you dizzy, but you, you walk in. And you would know right away where you were by the, what, the first words that come out of their, their mouths. How may I serve you? You would know how they treat you. You would, you would know the values of that organization by what they say. It's my pleasure. That's the values of an organization. People know our values because they come out of us naturally. So I want to quickly give you five core values of Victory Church, and I really want to encourage you to take notes. But also at the same time, these five core values, yes, there are core values of our church, but they're biblical principles that God has called us to live. And I'll just tell you, as a church, this is how, these are our guardrails. This is what holds us accountable. This is how we do ministry. This is how we lead, and most important, this is how we love. These five core values. So here we go. Value number one. Y'all with me, 11 a.m.? Yeah. Value number one, Courageous. Courageous. Somebody say courageous. Say it courageous. Courageous. Come on, God has called us to be courageous in Him, in Jesus. Let me say what you already know. In Christ, I can do all things. Or let me say it biblically accurate I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. All things. Those things that terrify me. I can't do it in Christ's strength, but I can do it in Christ's strength. And let me just say this, more than ever before in history, I personally submit to you, we need some courageous people. And let me add to that, we need some courageous, Jesus-loving people. 
Joshua is told by the Lord, Mo's gone home. You're the leader now. And Joshua is shaking in his boots. I encourage you to read Joshua 1 sometime. I'm going to just give you a verse. Turn over there with me, would you? Joshua chapter 1. And he must say two words three or four times in one conversation because he knew his son was nervous. Anybody ever been nervous before, scared before? You're facing something. You don't know how to do it. You don't know what to do. And I'm telling you, if, you, if we will listen to the Holy Spirit, he's saying, be strong and courageous. And exactly what Joshua needed to hear in that moment is exactly what some people in 11 a.m. and those who are watching us online today need to, ha- need to hear. Joshua chapter 1, look at it, verse 9. He says this, if you don't have your Bible on the screens, he says, Have I not commanded you? Ooh, listen to that language. Have I not commanded you? Come on, say it with me. Be strong and And then he says this because he knows what Joshua's going. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And then he says this, don't be, do not be discouraged. Let me just say this. Discouragement will come a-knocking, but you don't have to let it in. It's a lying spirit. You do not have to let that thing in, but it will definitely come a-knocking through your personal experiences in life. Don't let that thing come into the temple of the Holy Spirit. And then he says this, do not be discouraged. And then how can he say that? Look at the next sentence right here. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And he said it three or four more times in that conversation because Joshua needed to hear it. Repetition's a good thing. Come on, somebody. Be strong and courageous. I want to speak that over you right now. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know who's in the room. I don't know what you're finding. Can I just say, in the Lord, in Jesus' name, be strong and courageous. Whatever you're facing, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous because the Lord, your God, is with you. Wherever you go. And listen, he's not only with us, he's for us. Listen to me, this is important. And we, we just make it so cliche and we hear like, oh, yeah, 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 that's good. But if God be for us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? And listen, I don't know where your mind goes when you hear that, but I don't think about people. I think about an enemy that hates me and my family and hates you. I don't, I don't think people liking me or not liking me. I'm thinking, you know what? I have a real enemy who hates me. And if God be for me, who can be against me? Don't make the battle with people. That's what, that's what the enemy wants. Take the battle, which we've already won because of Jesus, to the real enemy. Amen? So if we're at that place of courageous, that's saying to us, we're, or we're saying it to the Lord, God, just like Jesus said to his father, this is us right here, 11 a.m. God will do whatever he tells us to do, and we'll say whatever he tells us to say. Come on, be courageous. Be strong and courageous. Uh, the Rouses launching a victory in 1990, a multicultural church and not a multicultural area. Hello, that was courageous. A year and a half ago, I believe it was, uh, Pastor Johnson shared the vision as they took over that, that we want to reach a million souls for the Lord, not to grow some big church. We just want to impact a million souls for the Lord. Let me tell you what, that is risky faith, that is courageous, and I'm all in. We are behind that vision because it's not Pastor Johnson's vision, it's God's. We want to reach people in this area and around the world for the kingdom because it's heaven or hell, folks. Let's get real. It's heaven or hell. And so God help us reach people for Jesus, amen? 
Yeah, let's, let's get real personal because I've heard a lot of stories in here since we've been here. You stepping out and starting a business. You left that job that you've been at forever and you started and you chased that dream. You go, girl. You go, brother. I'm telling you, in the Lord and seeing it beginning to take place in your life. It's incredible. That's courageous. I'm thinking of, of families. I'm thinking of three right now in the, in the last year and a half, us being here that we've met. I know there's more than three, but literally left as far as California, Kansas, and my goodness, the other one story is escaping my mind. I didn't remember the left in the nine either, but there's others. They left places, didn't know exactly where they were going, just happened to come to Georgia didn't have a job, happened to drive up in the parking lot of Victory Church. Here they are. This is their family. This is their church. Can I tell you what? That's courageous. By the way, there is no such thing as happenstance or circumstance. It's just God. Coincidence? No, I don't think so. God. Amen? So let me... Let me let me throw some questions as we're, we're drilling down on this. Here's the question. I'm giving you a lot today on questions, so be ready. We're going to have some fun in just a moment. So are you comfortable in this whole courageous thing? Are you comfortable existing? Or you do, do you really want to live? Because comfortable doesn't involve risk. Doesn't involve like, God, give me courage. Doesn't involve stepping out. That's comfortable. And I know that's a lot easy for any of us. I'll just take the easy way. I'm tired. You know, but the fact of the matter is the easy way doesn't always produce the fruit God wants in your life. All of us in this room, starting with me and all of us and people watching, all of us have the opportunities to step into being courageous. Let's quit listening to the lies of the enemy that says you're alone because, listen to me, you are never alone. You might go through a season of solitude, but you are never alone. Never alone. That's the lie of the enemy. The king of kings walks with you. His spirit is in you if you're a Christ follower. You are never alone. Somebody needs to hear that right now because you feel completely and totally alone. You are not alone. The Lord is with you. And if he told us to do it, we're going to do it. If he told you to step out, he's going to step with you every step of the way. And this is, this is where it has to be. This, ha this has to be my prayer. I, I wrote it down. You, you word it your way. This is my prayer. God, right here on the screen, God, I'm going to step out in faith and do what you've called me to do because I trust you. It's because I trust him. God, I'm going to step out in faith and do what you've called me to do because I trust you. Number two, humble. Humble. Great missionary Mike Turner said this, that most people spend their whole lives climbing up the ladder. Jesus spent his whole earthly life climbing down the ladder. And I would add one thing to it, actually heavenly too, because he left heaven. The king of kings left heaven, and he just wasn't a man. He became a baby. There ain't nothing more humble than that. A king sitting next to his dad comes down, an innocent man. Let's look at it together. Look over at Philippians chapter 2. I want you to see this for yourself. I know we got on the screens, but it's always important for you to see things that God shows you in the Word yourself. Philippians chapter 2. Are you there? 
Philippians chapter 2, look at verse 3, five verses. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, come on, say this with me. I put it in all caps. Value others above yourself. Others first. That's what I call it. I journal about it all the time. Others first. God, numero uno, others first, me third. Others first. Others before me. In humility, the only way you can do that is walk in humility. In humility, vow others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but to, but to each, excuse me, let me say this again, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, okay, he's drilling down, personal, right here. In your relationships with another, one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Let's look at it. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used as his own advantage. Rather, he made himself, come on, say it with me, he made himself nothing. Think about that. He made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Whew. And so before the cross, on the night the Bible tells us that he was going to be betrayed, think about this now, listen to me, on the night that he was going to be betrayed, the, this was the moment that Jesus should have been sitting back in the lazy boy and getting a full body massage because he knows what he's about to go through, which medically tell us it's one of the most horrific deaths anybody could ever go through. He knows. Jesus knows. He's the son of God in man. He knows what he's about to go through. And instead of getting his feet washed, instead of him getting a massage, he takes off his outer garment, puts a towel around his waist, gets some water there, and starts washing all his disciples' feet, including the one who would betray him. Humble. Now let me just say this. If it had been me, and I come to Judas, I'd have made sure the water was really hot. And I'd have been like, oh, oh, oh. Because I would have not been humble in that moment. But Jesus loved Judas. We've got to love people who don't love us. By the grace of God, we can't, I can't, Chris can't do that on his own. Do it with the help of the Spirit, Amen. Jesus loved the unlovable. He touched those that no one would touch. He talked to people that no one would talk to. He's the one that took the last seat. He's the one who laid his titles down just to come serve. So we do the same. We, we value you before us. And you value others before yourself by the grace of God. And here at Victory, I just say we hold titles very loosely. And I'll just say this very quickly. For, for many of you, uh, Lisa and I are pastors. Pastor Chris, Pastor Lisa, that's, that's great. And a lot of people told me, you know, things like, you're my pastor. And I love that. That touches my heart. But you don't have to call me Pastor Chris, okay, or, or Pastor Lisa. I, I'm just Chris, and she's just Lisa. And Now, you'll hear me up here if Ben or Chad or anybody, I, when they're on this platform, I'm going to call Ben Pastor Ben out of honor 
and, and just recognition for him and whoever. When, when I'm just hanging out with Ben and we recently went out to a Mexican restaurant and had a burrito and uh, I, I call Ben Benjamite because I, I, I change people's names. It's just an intimate thing for me. I call Chad Chadwick, you know, and, and so I, I just do that. Um, and that's just me, but I, I just want to tell you, we're not about titles right here. We're about Jesus and you. Amen. Leaders, not just leaders, but Christ followers. We go ahead. Others first. We take the last place in line. One of my favorite things to do is preaching to you. It's an honor. Any Sunday I get to do it, but can I tell you what even is more favorite out there in the lobby talking to you guys? hanging over a cup of coffee, coming in your home. Oh, that's our favorite thing to do, being with people. Amen? And so here, here's what we have to recognize and understand. We here as a staff, we here as a church, we are here to serve. What if we all live that way? Because when you serve, we look like Jesus. Amen? Back in 2017, just a really cool idea happened um, we, the, the, the guy, I wasn't, we weren't a part of the story, but Pastor Johnson, Pastor Summer, like, we want to begin to recognize uh, all these amazing volunteers and then pick one, which would be really hard to do, a volunteer leader of the year and give them an award and recognize them. And so they gave it to an amazing lady uh, who was just serving her heart out of the church and still is, still here serving, incredible prayer warrior, single mom of two awesome boys. That is Mandy Sostrom back in 2017. I'm, I'm looking at you, Mandy. I'm looking at you. Mandy's going to kill me later. But, uh, but Mandy, through God, came up with this idea of having this great idea of putting the leadership year reserve parking spot. Not right over here up front, but the farthest spot. <laughs> we over there in the country. Literally the farthest parking spot away from the building. Because that's what leaders do. Leaders are here to serve. We give up so you can come on up. Amen. And so that, that ball got dropped uh, during transition, and so we're picking up that ball. And, uh, and so we, we want to start today a new tradition every year, uh, recognizing one leader of incredible leaders, a great volunteer leader. And I want to read a few things about him, and then let's go crazy and cheer for our friend, all right, whether you know him or not. Today, we are literally recognizing and awarding another amazing individual who loves Jesus, loves this house, and is a kingdom man. He's been knocking it out of the park. Let me just give a few things. Not that many things mean this, but we just felt like God highlighted this person. All right? This individual is a small group coach. This individual is a small group leader. He's the prayer team captain at 11 a.m., and he has jumped on board with me and Courtney and Lisa to really help us move into community transformation, specifically to minister to all of our first responders because he was a policeman himself back in the day. I want to uh, really just honor this brother. Our 2022 Volunteer Leader of the Year is none other than Mr. Lincoln Brown, everybody. Game ball. I love you. Thank you, Thank you man. Be blessed. Come on, give it up for Legan. Humble. Humble. Now, Lincoln, go park way over there in the. 
Somebody get him a golf cart to come back at this way. Said, Number three, are you still with me? Number three, empowerment. Empowerment. This is, this is huge. Let me turn my notes. We, we are wanting to build a culture, and it's happening, and it's going to continue to happen. It's going to continue to grow, a culture of empowering. Come on, the world says take, take, take. We give, give, give it away. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. We, we give it away. What is it? It is authority. It is leadership. It's not us, just the small staff, a skeleton staff, doing everything. It's all of us serving each other and serving this community. The world says if you want to be a leader, those are your followers and you're above them. A real leader that's after God puts their followers above them. It just sends them off like when, you were a, when your kids were little in the pool and you just woof, launch them. And they get hurt a couple times. That, was that, that happened to me. So This is so huge. The world takes the spirit of God and the kingdom of God is so opposite from the world. Jesus says, the Father's sending me, so I'm sending you. Remember what he told his disciples? He said, I need you to wait. Wait for the power of the Spirit to be poured out on you, and then go. Then go. Wait for the power, and then go. Jesus was given the power, and he told him, wait for the power, and then go. And as, I'm sent, as I was sent, he says, I'm sending you. i give you a bunch of verses. I'll give you one. 2 Timothy 2, 2, right here on the screens, it says this. You have heard me, Paul says, to his spiritual son, Timothy, talking about hero-making, talking about mentorship. You have heard me teach uh, things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able, come on, read this with me, who will be able to pass them on to others. Paul's saying, give it away, pass it on. Don't be hoarders. Give it away. Put people on your shoulders. Launch them out. Raise up people. Send them out. Pass on to what's been passed on to you. Pass it on to others. Let me say it kingdom language. When you make a disciple, it's not just about that disciple. Make a disciple that will make another disciple. That will make another disciple. Because that's what real disciple makers do. God put it in you. He wants it to come out of you. Empower. Somebody say empower. I wonder where this is going. So we said five, C-H-E. I'm feeling an acronym coming on here. C-H-E-C. Connected, number four. Connected. Somebody say connected. The thing that jumps off the page about Jesus for me, and maybe it's because I'm in the Gospels right now, I don't know, is that, man, Jesus just loved to hang with people. You ever notice that? Man, he just loved to be with people. The, listen, the king of all kings loved to spend time with people. He would slowly walk through the crowd. We run through the crowd. We run out of church. Slow down. He, Jesus lingered. He laughed with people. He held people when they were hurting. He felt their pain. He cried with people. Man, he, he, and he does that for us, Amen. He spent time with the 12. He was more intimate even with the three. They weren't his favorites. He just pulled them to him closer, Peter, James, and John. And yet, if you were in a crowd of people, he could make you feel like there was only one person there, the woman with the issue of blood. Jesus was deeply connected with people. And church, that's how we have to live. He modeled for us what we've got to be every day for others. Jesus modeled what it means to get 
Get a little closer. Don't be shy. And some of you have no idea. It was a close-up commercial back in the day, a long time ago. Toothpaste, I know. That's where my brain goes sometimes. Jesus modeled what it means to get close or closer and connect with people. So I'm going to come down here, and we're going to do an exercise. But before I do, not physical exercises, but we're going to have a little spiritual exercise here for a moment. But I want to read a scripture to you. Never seen this before. I've read the scripture a thousand times, but something popped out at me. Look at it. Let's look at it together. Mark chapter 3, verse 14. He appointed 12 that they might be with him. Somebody's like, so what? Well, look, and th- that he might send them out to preach. Can I tell you? Yes, they needed to go, but you know what he wanted with them first? Relationship. Just to be with them. Just to be with each other. So here's what we're going to do just for a few minutes before we close out. I want everybody to stand up with me just for a second. Somebody say connected. So we're going to have a connecting exercise, all right? Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to find somebody that you do not know, someone you did not ride with, and first, right now, and I'll get your attention in a second, introduce yourself to them. Go real quick. Find somebody you do not know. I'm coming to you right here. I got you. What's your name? Mike. I'm Chris. Nice to meet you. Awesome. All right, get ready for some questions. Testing, testing. How long does it take to give your name? (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) Somebody's like, man, did you see that game last night? Hold on. We're just names, just names. All right. You got your person? You got your person? These are three life-changing questions we're about to give you, okay? Three life-changing questions. Number one, Superman or Batman? Number two, iPhone or Android and why? And then number three, how did you end up at Victory Hamilton Mill? Go. Take a seat, take a seat, take a seat. I love it, I love it. Anybody feel just a tad more connected than when you came in this morning? 
All right, because curious minds want to know, I have to ask. Number one, Superman or Batman? Batman. All right, how about a sign of hands? How many people Superman? How many people Batman? That's the people that need to be delivered from darkness right there. <laughs> Superman's hope, baby, hope. All right, we'll pray for you at the end of service. Number two, this is a, this is a touchy one. That's why I put the word why at it iPhone or Android? Where's my iPhone people? Where's my droids? Oh, you loving green bubble people. <laughs> really cool. I just had, I don't know, you know, what your conversation is like. Really cool. I was just talking about families moving here, and I just met another beautiful family leaving Indiana to come here. I would have not known that if we did not have that moment. I said, man, what brought y'all here? God. That's awesome. Courageous. Courageous. Finally, number five, kindness. Kindness. Huh, this is beginning to look like a word. C-H-E-C-K. Check. Check yourself. You ever met a mean Christian before? Let me turn that around. Have you ever been a mean Christian before? Oh, there we are. All right. Let's bring some balance in the room. It feels like everyone today is angry. They're a comment away, a post, a tweet conversation at work, and it's bowling point. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote Mary Poppins, but turn it around a little bit. Just a spoonful of kindness will turn a lot of madness away. Church, closing thoughts. I'm speaking for you, and I'm speaking for myself. The Lord has been so kind to us. His kindness is what led me to repentance. We have to give it away. We have to give the kindness of God away. One of the most powerful and meaningful gifts you can give someone is a kind act. Lisa and I, and I know I could speak for anybody here, Lisa and I have seen some of the hardest hearts through the years melt through kind acts. Neighbors, coworkers, in the ministry, some of the hardest young people, hardest young people, schools, kindness. It goes a long way, and it looks like Jesus. The kindness of God through the people of God to others. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 says this. There's something we need to get rid of, and there's some things we need to do and hang on to. Get rid of bitterness, rage, anger. Harsh words. Come on, let's stop it. Let's stop it. Let's stop with the harsh words. God help us. I know, I know things happen and things hurt us, but let, let's, let's get our hearts right. It's not a mouth issue. It's a heart issue. Harsh words. Slander. Come on, the only good thing that we should say behind, or the only thing we should say behind people's back is good. If not, clam it. Amen? As well as all types of uh, evil behavior. 
instead. So he tells us what not to do, and then he says, this is what I want you to do. Instead, be kind to each other. Tenderhearted. Forgiving. Anybody forgiven in the room? Gosh, I'm so... Thank you, Lord. Forgiving one another. Can we read this last part together? Forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Me. We got to walk in the kindness of God. Kindness listens. Kindness cares. Kindness corrects in love. Kindness leans in when everybody else steps out. Kindness speaks up when everybody else stays quiet. But it's done in a kind way. And to sum all that up, kindness loves. As we close this out with these five values, if we can throw them on the screen there. Courageous, humble, empower, connected, kindness. There's a check. These are our core values of our church, but these are biblical principles by with the help and the power of the Spirit that you and I can live on this earth and walk out. Amen? It's a check for us. It's a, it's a Let's shift the focus, the focus from victory values to am I walking in these values in our own personal walk? I know we've laughed about it, but we need to check ourselves before there actually is a wreck, spiritually speaking. And we can't do it on our own, but we can do it with the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for these people. Thank you for those who are watching us online. Holy Spirit, would you just seal this up now? You're so good to us. Help us, God. Be courageous. Oh, God, help us be a people who are walking in the humility of you. Help us empower others over ourselves. Help us be connected. Here we are, small group Sunday. God, help us not... Just let that go and be an announcement. Let us get involved and do life with one another. Not just come to church on Sunday. Help us be the church. Be family. And Lord, help us. The kindness that you've given us, help us give it away. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church.